One man, one mission, to equip the Church of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and awaken the Church to the voice of the Spirit. David Cuppet brings to you the School of the Holy Spirit from one of his many missions from around the world, where he aligns with apostolic leaders to eradicate spiritual blindness and reveal the true authority of believers in Christ, to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session. All right. Hello, Wisdom-Filled Warriors. Welcome. I believe this is part 45 of our our, uh, Wisdom-Filled Warriors series. And uh, today I want to dig deeper into uh, setting your heart, setting your mind in the supernatural, um, developing your expectation. Uh, Because where a lot of people fail, where a lot of people um, don't uh, cross into routine you know, functioning in the routine presence of the supernatural and expecting in God uh, to do uh, the supernatural is is the point where people get baptized in the Holy Spirit. And there's these strange theologies in Christendom, in uh, in the charismatic arena that essentially uh, dumb down the experience of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so I want to I want to really emphasize the relational dynamic with the Holy Spirit today. Um, the Holy Spirit was sent by Jesus to equip us to actually live in heaven. And that, that's, a, that's kind of a freaky statement uh, for a lot of people because um, the dumbed-down American church, dumbed-down Christianity has trained people to actually think that the goal is to get to heaven when actually the goal is to receive and live in the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, and, and actually, because you've been given access to the throne room now, that you can actually know what the Lord is doing, know what the Lord is saying, um, because He's given you vision, He's given you dreams, um, and you actually are releasing heaven. You are supposed to be the gateway. You are supposed to be the one who reveals Christ, who reveals what the Father is doing on earth today. Um, and so that's a completely uh, foreign concept to a person who's been trained that, you know, the biggest issue in your life is you make a trip to the altar um, and you live in this world of, am I saved or not saved? Um, Jesus actually never talked about, um, are you saved or not saved? He actually talked about the kingdom of heaven being at hand. He said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Okay, what that means is the kingdom is within reach, right? He's saying uh, the the repentance process is actually about um, you no longer being earthbound, but when you receive the Holy Spirit, you become supernatural. You become spirit-led. You become spirit-bound, so to speak. You are connected in uh, through Christ. Christ is the doorway, and so Christ as the doorway 
right? He sends the Holy Spirit and you then, because you receive the Holy Spirit, you are no longer earthbound, but the middle wall of separation has been broken through by the blood of Jesus and you have access just like Jesus did to the Father. You have access to the realm of heaven where dreams and visions and supernatural encounters and visitations of angels are normal, okay? So when Jesus said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, what he was um, revealing was that the, 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 within your reach, right, within a heart that receives the Holy Spirit is a way to dwell in the presence of the Lord, right? I mean, the most supernatural force on earth is, is the presence of God, that he has given his Holy Spirit to be his presence on the earth. And when you set your mind on dwelling in that place, then everything changes. And I'll give you an example. Those of you who've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you start praying in tongues, what happens? You begin to feel the presence of the Lord. So he actually dumbs down the whole process and says, you can actually enter my presence by praying, letting my spirit pray through you. And my spirit praying through you will reveal the kingdom. That my, my spirit praying through you will give you dreams and visions um, and it is within reach. Heaven with it is within reach. It's not like you have to wait till your earth suit is done, right? Your body, you're, you're done living on the earth and your spirit is released to either go to heaven or to hell, right? Your soul and spirit are, are actually uh, right now when you receive the power of the Holy Spirit, you can choose with your mind to submit to the way of the Spirit and begin to pray in the Spirit. And the more you pray in the Spirit, the more you are um, in the presence of God that you can actually know what the Spirit is saying, right? We, we talked about this. Know what the Spirit is saying to the churches. You're not supposed to be, um, uh, you know, uh, you know, just, you know, walking through life without knowing right? The, the, the supernatural force that you have now is that he gives you words of knowledge. He gives you wisdom. He gives you supernatural prophetic insight, right? That's, that is, that's a supernatural lifestyle. And, you know, everywhere Jesus went, he demonstrated the kingdom. The kingdom, uh, being baptized in the Holy Spirit, believing in Jesus, being baptized in the Holy Spirit, and becoming a son or daughter of God is connected to a mind that is committed, not just a heart, a heart that receives, but your mind is the place of maturity. When you purposely, with intent, set your mind on pursuing the Lord, pursuing uh, the kingdom, you as a true son or daughter will begin to manifest on earth, right? Paul, Paul's whole explanation of, of, you know, the purpose of Christ um, and the, the, the breaking down of sin, the middle wall of separation, um, it, it kind of is concluded with in Romans 8 with a revelation that it's the awakening of the sons and daughters who set their mind on the Spirit, trusting that when we do not know what to pray for as we ought, the Holy Spirit prays through us, right? And He begins to reveal to us. He gives us dreams and visions, and He makes us supernatural. And so that's what Jesus meant when He said the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It is within your reach, 
right? When you receive Christ, you literally submit to, or to, to His way, neglecting and walking away from the limitations and the false theologies of the world. You become Holy Spirit dependent. There is only one true theology, guys, and that is the Holy Ghost. That is the Holy Ghost, okay? The, the Holy Ghost is the theology of Christ, okay? That may be shocking to a lot of people, but... Um, you know, all of these different denominational limitations and you can do this, you can't do that. This is what we believe. This is, you know, the gifts are part of the way. It's more about character. I mean, all of those things are deceptions because the only thing that can produce character in you is the Holy Ghost. The only thing that can produce a miracle is the Holy Ghost. The only thing that can make a way is the Holy Ghost. And in fact, in the book of James, it says that the Holy Ghost... Um, if you believe, you can be saved by the Holy Ghost. So this whole concept of, oh, you make a trip to the altar and you're saved, that's not really the intent of Christ. You are actually being saved by the Holy Spirit as you submit your life and set your mind daily on the Spirit. So your prayer life is revealed as the most revealing uh, aspect of whether or not you are in relationship and whether you know the Holy Spirit and are being delivered, being healed, and being sent by the Holy Spirit. And the, the, the maturity that Christ showed in the Spirit um, was that He demonstrated the kingdom, okay? Miracles, signs, wonders, casting out devils, healing the sick, raising the dead, getting people, um, you know, you know to, to open their heart to Jesus those are demonstrations of the power of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus equated that to the kingdom, okay? Sons and daughters hearing the voice of God in the kingdom. Jesus is the firstborn son, right? He's the firstborn from the dead, okay? And, and that's actually, a, it's symbolic of a spiritual awakening. Dead, a sin is, is, is uh, taken to the grave and the Holy Spirit, right? Jesus had to depend that the Holy Spirit would resurrect him. If Jesus had to depend that the Holy Spirit would resurrect him, don't you think that you're in the same boat? Somehow you can just get there by your theology? Huh. You know, when you get when you get the revelation of the intent of the Holy Spirit, you know, you become enraged with how deceiving all these uh, theologies are that take your attention away from the Holy Spirit and try to get you to set your mind on a principle. Oh, I'm saved because I put money in a bucket. I'm saved because I come to church on Sunday. That's not what, that's not what Jesus said. There would be evidence in your life of the supernatural because you would demonstrate the kingdom. As a son and daughter, you would hear the voice and you would take the kingdom to the earth. Okay? And Jesus, Jesus emphasized this point. He demonstrated, not only demonstrated, but he actually taught the disciples how to pray. He said, our, our Father in heaven, right? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, right? And, for, and forgive us of our trespasses, deliver us from evil, right? The point is, um, give us this day our daily bread is connected to the revelation that you need to hear the Lord. Bread is not like this symbolic thing 
you know, the taking of communion is a, is a, there's a symbolic act of it, but the deeper spiritual meaning is that you receive the bread of life. You receive, who, who is the bread of life? The bread of life, right, is Jesus. He's known as the Word. In heaven, He is the Word of God, meaning He speaks, okay? So when you receive bread in communion, it's literally a metaphor that you sit with Jesus in prayer and he gives you the bread and the wine. He gives you his presence, his spirit, and he gives you the bread. He speaks to you, dreams and visions that comes from Jesus, okay? And so that's, that's what Jesus was painting this picture of, that you should dwell in the presence of the kingdom of heaven, Right? The whole, the whole point of Psalm 91, um, I dwell in the secret place of the Most High and under the shadow of the Almighty. I will save the Lord. You are my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. You know, he talks about deliverance. He talks about hearing the Lord. He talks about expecting in the angel of God to come, right, and equip uh, the believer to uh, trample on the serpent and the scorpion and over all the power of the enemy, right? That's, that's, Psalm 91 is a declaration of a guy baptized in the Holy Ghost who is dwelling in the presence of Almighty God, right? He dwells there. And so Jesus actually, when he was in the desert, he referenced Psalm 91, right? It was actually Satan trick, tried to trick him about um, if you dash your foot against a stone, and Jesus actually reverted back to the fact that he was dependent on the vision of God, right? He didn't, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't look at the, the scripture as a principle and say, I'm never going to get hurt because the Bible says uh, that, you know, the angel of the Lord will come and keep a guy from getting, you know, his, you know breaking his foot, right, from, 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 from any injury. No, Jesus actually went deeper spiritually and said, um, I basically am not principle driven and I cannot be tricked by a demonic power whispering a a scriptural principle. He said, ultimately, I am Holy Ghost dependent. I know my Holy Spirit and I know his nature. I know his intent. I know someday he's going to lead me through the valley of the shadow of death. Other days he's going to lead me into the city. Other days he's going to lead me to the 5,000. Other days he's going to lead me. And Satan, you cannot deceive me by tricking me into following a principle instead of the voice of the Spirit. Okay? And so Jesus demonstrated the supernatural. And so I, I want to talk to you deeper, guys, about a mind, about, you know, you maturing in the spirit and literally setting your mind on the spirit. And that's really the difference between an immature Christian um, who's just baptized in the Holy Ghost or has been baptized in the Holy Ghost and is theology dependent versus a person who sets their mind on the Holy Ghost, right? Romans 8 is, I mean, you should, you should dwell in Romans 8 for a while if, if you don't get this, because you need to wrap your mind around the fact that when you are awakened um, by the Lord, he says, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. What's that mean? That means that the law of the Holy Ghost, okay, get this, the law of the Holy Ghost, the law of the Holy Ghost sets me free from sin and death. Did you get that? The law of the Spirit sets me free 
from sin and death. So you, when you set your mind on what Jesus, he, he has already accomplished and, and broken down the middle wall separation, he sends his, you know, his blood washes you clean. The Father now sees you through the supernatural lens of Christ. He sees you clean and you don't have to go guilty. You go expecting that the Father's going to speak to you. And so the mind who knows what Jesus accomplished and yet is also dependent on what the Spirit is saying is a very, very, very powerful aspect of your Christian walk. Let me say that again. A heart that knows what Jesus accomplished and what the blood has washed you free from. Now, I don't care how guilty you were. I don't care if you were a murderer. I don't care if you were a heathen. I don't care if you were a prostitute. It doesn't matter. The blood of Jesus makes you new. And when you know what Jesus accomplished, Jesus then, he, 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 that's why he said, don't leave the city to the disciples. I have more to give you. I have to give you the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit came, it made them supernatural. And that's what Paul's trying to articulate in Romans 8. He's saying the law of the Spirit makes you free fully from sin and death. So as you know what Jesus accomplished and are dependent on the Spirit, you know how Satan comes to deceive you thinking you're still guilty. You're not still guilty. That's a demonic voice trying to trick you into thinking you're still guilty. You're still condemned and you're still unworthy and you can't. Okay, so a mind that is um, set on the Holy Ghost knows that the Holy Ghost is who comes to equip you to make you supernatural. You, if you are a son or daughter of God, you are supernatural. It says that you, that you are a supernatural creature in, in uh, 2 Corinthians 5, you, the likes of which has never existed before, meaning that Jesus, in, the re, in your rebirth, you become what he has written about you in the books of heaven. And we've already talked about a lot of that. I encourage you, if you don't gra haven't grasped your mind around that, that you go back and listen to some of that stuff because you've got to know that there's a supernatural plan for your life. And in knowing that, you set your mind and mature in absolute dependence on the Spirit. And I have people all the time saying, well, how'd you pray for so long? I, listen, I've, I can't, all I can tell you is when I prayed in the Holy Ghost, it's the only place I could get peace. And I would, you know, I would start having deliverance. I would pray and fast and, you know, the Lord would supernaturally come and, you know, just tell me what to say, tell me what to cast out. I'd have deliverance. And the more deliverance I had, um, the more connected to the Holy Ghost I became. And it wasn't just like this awestruck, like, thank you. It was because those demonic powers actually... Um, it's, it's like if you envision um, a person that has something draped over them, they can't see through the linen. They can't see through the film on their eyes fully. But when those demonic powers are driven out, the picture becomes more crystal clear because those layers of limitation are removed off, off of your spiritual eyes. And that's what being... Uh, uh, dependent on the Holy Ghost and then growing in the Holy Ghost is because the Holy Ghost brings deliverance to your life. There's no way the Lord would ever send me to do what I do to, to equip people, uh, to cast out devils, equip people to, to pray in tongues, see, you know, all the supernatural stuff without me first going through my own deliverance. And so 
a major part of you becoming who you are, really are in Christ, to bring the kingdom will include your own personal deliverance. You should expect to cast demons out of yourself. You should expect that the Lord is going to give you dreams and begin revealing curses and witchcraft and different things that have infiltrated your bloodline. There is none of us, man. We're born into a broken world, and we are all at the, at the mercy of God to bring deliverance to us um, to reveal who we really are in Christ, okay? And so this, this process is a metamorphosis. It's a transfiguration, okay? And Paul said it this way in Romans 12, 2. He said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove the perfect will of God, okay? So knowing that the Spirit of God will reveal to you His perfect will, when you set your mind on the Holy Ghost, there is a transfiguration, so to speak. There is a metamorphosis, okay? The word transformed there is the word uh, metamorphio, okay? It, it, it's the same word used to describe Jesus when he ascended the mountain with Peter, James, and John, and he was transfigured, right? It says he was clothed in lightning. He was made supernatural. And you got to realize that when you set your mind on the Spirit, you also are made supernatural and when you are made supernatural right you no longer are earthbound you become kingdom bound you become bound to the holy spirit because you're dreaming dreams and seeing visions okay and when the lord gives you a vision that is his perfect will he begins to speak to you and reveal to you and talk to you about what he's saying what the spirit is cha- uh, doing and what he's going to you know where he's going to send you and what's going to be you know made to happen in your life, right? These are, this is the Lord revealing his will for you and the will for the people around you. Okay. And so I just, I just want to spend a few minutes now really talking about helping you identify where you're at. Okay. Because how you perceive miracles will reveal your heart. It will not only reveal your heart, but it'll reveal where you set, where, where your mind rests. If your mind is earthbound, you will look at miracles in a certain way. But if your mind is kingdom bound, you will also look at miracles in a certain way. And this is what I mean by this. Um, when a mind is in bondage, um, you know, they actually have a, there's a desperation, right? Anybody ever cry out for God? Um, and, and granted, we all cry out for God depending on where we're at. But, um, you know, when, when Israel was imprisoned in Egypt, right? It says that they cried out for God. They, they were beaten. They were taken advantage of. They, they literally were prisoners. Um, and then when they cried out for God, the Lord sent a deliverer, right? And, and the 10 plagues that, that uh, Moses brought were actually the demonstration of the power of God against the false gods of Egypt, okay? The false gods, every one of, every one of those miracles made a mockery of the God that Egypt worshipped, right? They um, you know, they, they, they worshipped, um, you know, these, these different entities that represented the, you know, like when the locust came and, and, and when the harvest and, and all that stuff that was eaten. Um, that's because they worshipped a demonic god of the harvest, okay? And the Lord sent locusts to eat their god, okay? There's a lot of symbolism in that. But it came out of a heart of, of desperate need. They had no idea. They had no expectation other than they needed something. And they cried out for it, okay? Um, that's where most Christians dwell because they never 
transition into um, partnering with the Lord, okay? Because the next two phases um, are, are equated to, you know, how Israel then they left, they were delivered out of bondage in Egypt, but then they, because they couldn't believe God, they spent time in the wilderness. And this may hit home with a lot of you, but they spent 40 years in the wilderness um, and their, their mind was actually set on being sustained by God, okay? They, you know, they whined, they, you know, it says that they, they, they often, they, they stopped and talked and they said, wouldn't it be better if we were back in Egypt? At least they fed us, right? They fed us the cucumbers and the leeks and the different things. That's, you know, if you read the book of Numbers, that's all explained, right? They, they would, they would um, just circle back, their mindsets would go back into actually thinking that it was better when they were in bondage, okay? And, you know, that's, that describes a lot, a lot of Christians. A lot of Christians think, you know, sometimes it would be better if I was out being a heathen and, and I was out being a drug addict or, or whatever. Um, and somehow the Lord comes and sustains them, just like, just like he, con- he came to Israel when they were in the wilderness, right? An example of miracles in the wilderness, uh, like the water that suddenly came out of the rock when there was no water, right? Bread falling out of heaven because they didn't have anything else to eat. So the Lord sustained them. Okay, so, but just because the Lord sustains you doesn't mean that you're actually partnering with Him. Because you're not supposed to dwell in the wilderness, you're supposed to dwell in the promised land. Okay, so the symbolism of being taken into the promised land is actually a mind set on partnering with the Holy Ghost. Okay? You're actually advancing the kingdom through the power of the Holy Spirit in partnership with the Holy Spirit. So the mindset of Joshua when they crossed over, right? The Lord said, now is the time to go. You go do it and you do X, Y, and Z. You do these things, right? And, and, and Joshua and Israel, the nation of Israel crossed over into promise, right? They took the five Amorite kings. They took uh, the giants uh, in the highlands. Um, they literally took the land. Joshua actually commanded the sun to stand still until the vision was complete. Okay, go read about it. Joshua commanded the sun to stand still until the vision, the engagement and domination of all demonic powers, every giant in the promised land. Joshua commanded that sun to stand still in partnership with the Holy Ghost because the Lord says, now's the time, go do it. Okay, David's the same way. David goes on to the battlefield. Right, and when David went on to the battlefield with with Goliath, he said, "This day, how dare you speak to me that way? This day, uh, the God of the armies of Israel will take your head. I'm taking your head, giant. I am taking your head." Okay, Caleb. Caleb believed the prophecy that he would uh, take the the, the mountains. Um, and he said, this is my prophecy. I want my mountains. And because he spoke it, right, Joshua not only gave him the, the highlands, but when Caleb got there, it says he annihilated all the giants in the mountains, right? He took his place according to the prophecy, the vision of God spoken over him, okay? And there's, all, there's a whole bunch of examples of all the, like the prophets and the guys in the Old Testament who believed God, right? And then they partnered with the Lord, what the Lord told them to do, and they became supernatural. And that's what Jesus actually demonstrated 
in, in, in the New Testament, right? John, John 5, 19. I only do what I see my father doing, okay? An, an example of that, when, when, when Nathaniel, um, in John 1, when, when Jesus met Nathaniel, Jesus said, I saw you under the tree. And Nathaniel goes, whoa, wait, I was under that tree. And it shook him because Jesus was revealing that the Father had already spoke. He knew exactly where Nathaniel was, what he was doing, what his name was, all that stuff. Jesus was demonstrating a partnership of dominion, right? And a partnership of dominion is actually setting your mind in expectation that you wait on the Lord. When he speaks to you, you go do it. You go to take dominion. You don't go hoping and begging God to show up. But because he already showed it to you, you actually execute the vision and go do it. That's called living in promise. That's why, that's why in Luke 24, 49, Jesus said it like this. He said, stay here until I send the promise of the Father. Okay, he called the Holy Ghost the promise of the Father. Okay, you should wrap your mind around that. Because if you wrap your mind around that, you will begin to expect, you will set your mind on partnering with the Holy Ghost and going and doing it. Okay? Sons and daughters dwell in this place. Um, and then, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I've used this example before, but in Jeremiah 1, in Jeremiah 1, it says that, you know, the Holy Ghost... So in Jeremiah 1... Um, it says that when the Lord touched Jeremiah's mouth, symbolizing that he gave him vision, right? He was giving him what he was saying in heaven. He was revealing to Jeremiah um, what was going to happen, what, we, what he was going to do, right? He was revealing to Jeremiah what promise is, okay? And how to become dependent on promise. And he says, um, he goes on to say that you will tear down, root up, and destroy demonic kingdoms. You will build, plant, and establish the kingdom of heaven. Okay? And then he goes on to say, he asked Jeremiah, what do you see? And Jeremiah says, I see an almond branch, right? And he goes on to describe it. And the Lord says, you see well, I am ready to execute what I let you see. And that's, a, that's an example of the partnership and expectation that every demonic entity, every stronghold of evil, every limitation, every form of sickness, every form of disease, every form of uh, demonic torment and depression, whatever you want to call it, addiction, um, is broken out. It, it, it is rooted up, destroyed, ripped out, while the kingdom of heaven, the vision of God, is actually released out of your mouth. That's what prophecy is, guys. Prophecy is the most powerful weapon in the kingdom. And that is why the Lord, or that is why Paul explained, he goes, I wish you all prayed in tongues, even more that you prophesy. The church is supposed to be setting their mind on receiving the promise day after day, what the vision of the Lord is. And when you speak that vision, you are not supposed to beg God for a miracle but because you set your heart on seeing his vision, dreaming his dream, you actually know what the Lord's going to do and you release it as you prophesy. That's a completely different mindset. That's the difference between a person who lives in the wilderness or even lives in bondage in, in, in spiritual prison versus a person who goes to hear what the Lord is saying, who goes to position themselves in the secret place of the Most High, waiting on the Lord to reveal what He's feeding you, what the wine that He's given you and the bread, right? 
He's given you his presence. He's given you his power. He's given you his promise. And when you go speak it, it will happen. That's why Jesus said in John 14, greater works will you do, right? Greater works will you do. Signs and wonders will follow you everywhere you go. And I just want to encourage you guys, <clears throat> um, <clears throat> you know, the, the, you know, this may be a foreign, it, it, this is a foreign concept um, for many denominations. And, you know, whenever I go into, into churches that don't believe or have never really uh, embraced the Holy Spirit, don't know anything about the Holy Spirit, I definitely don't jump into the depths of what I'm describing to you. Um, because there's a whole lot of proving the Holy Spirit has to do to people. Um, you know, they first get baptized in the Holy Ghost. You know, there's shaking, there's crying, there's healing, there's deliverance, and there's all that stuff that happens. But when a, when a believer um, is baptized in the Holy Ghost, setting your mind on promise is the number one thing that will take you into actual partnership as a son or daughter of God with the Lord, knowing that he will give you dreams, will give you visions. Um, and I, you know, I've, I've told you guys this, uh, you know, a lot, um, as the Lord, um, you know, grew me in my gifting, you know, my ability to prophesy, um, was sporadic until I had visitations, until I was taken to heaven, until um, I had demonic powers and generational curses broken off of me, demons cast out. Um, and the clarity in which I see what the Lord is saying to me, it increased. Okay? And so my encouragement to you is, you begin to pray and watch what the Lord does, you will get increase. You will get more visitation. You will have more impactful things. Um, you know, and I'll, I'll just give you an example here. Um, you know, whenever I was first baptized in the Holy Ghost, uh, that, that experience was supernatural. And I, I can't explain um, why when I started to pray for people, things happened. But you know, when I first started to pray for people, the, fir the first miracle thing that I ever saw was um, a demon coming out of a woman. Um, and I don't know why. That was the grace that the Lord had on me. Um, and I, everywhere I went, I saw, um, I saw deliverance. I saw demonic powers coming out of people. Um, people, you know, you, and you've heard, heard me tell the stories on this podcast of, of many different, you know, supernatural deliverances. But um, there was one thing that intrigued me for years, and it was the ability to lay hands on people to see them um, baptize in the Holy Ghost and begin to pray in tongues. I, I dreamed about it. I actually didn't dream. I dreamed, I dreamed some about deliverance and casting out de devils. But I can't explain it. That was that was easy. That that happened everywhere I went. That was like this grace for the time, the place, the season I was in. Um, but what intrigued me and what I dreamed about was really connected to my purpose, my identity, who I really was, um, and what the Lord would um, uh, grow me into. Uh, long before I went to India and stood in front of thousands of people and saw thousands of people baptized in the Holy Ghost and praying in tongues and, and uh, you know, shaking in the presence of the Lord and the, the tangible change and impact that, that we, we saw with, you know, huge crowds. Um, long before that, um, you know, I was on the prayer and ministry team, um, you know, 
we would have church three nights a week. I probably prayed for anywhere from five to ten people a night, um, you know, maybe 20, 30 people a week, um, you know, ministry groups. Uh, you know, I probably prayed for, I don't know, a thousand, fifteen hundred people a year for years. And um, I'm telling you that because um, when, the, when I first started to pray for people, I did not see anybody get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Zero. Yet I would dream about it, okay? Um, I'll tell you one story. You know, when I, I mean, probably from 2005 to 2009, I didn't get anybody baptized in the Holy Ghost praying in tongues, okay? I saw a lot of people with demons cast out, but I did not see anybody baptized in the Holy Ghost praying in tongues. But I would dream and dream. And so, um, you know, I was, uh, when I was a heathen in back in, uh, you know, the late 80s, early 90s, you know, Motley Crue was one of, one of my bands. You know, I was just a young, naive kid. I didn't know any better. Um, and I, I'll never forget, I was stone drunk um, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, 1990 at a Motley Crue concert. Um, we, we get in, you know, um, we're all, me and all my friends, like we're, you know, we're just with the, with the rest of the heathens at the front of, you know, near the stage. Um, I'll, I'll never forget it. It was uh, at an amphitheater. I was standing on the, on the sidebars of the, of the, uh, of the chair and, um, Motley Crue comes out and immediately this they put this pentagram on the uh, screen, this huge screen, and they have this spinning pentagram, um, and they start, uh, you know, they start their their music, shout at the devil, and all I can explain it to you as, um, I I immediately went from stone drunk to being absolutely sober, sober. And it was a visitation from God. I, I don't know, you know, I know that the Lord, there was a grace upon my life. I looked at that pentagram and knew in the depths of me that they were worshiping Satan and that I should not be there. And I went from stone drunk to instantly sober. And nobody, nobody ever laid a hand on me. I stood there and I looked at my friends. I, and I, I don't quote me on this, but I literally started preaching to my friends. I'm like, that's satanic. They're worshiping Satan. And they're looking at me like, like literally 10 seconds ago, dude, you were one of us stone drunk. And now what the heck just happened to you? Um, and dude, I stood there like, and I literally, I backed off. I left the area um, and walked out to the car. And I'm, I'm literally looking at myself. I'm, I'm like trying to figure out what just happened. Why am I so convicted? And anyway, that's an experience in and of itself um, that was really one of the major change uh, life points for me. Um, that was, I think I was 21 when that happened. I never got baptized in the Holy Ghost till I was 36, okay? And I stumbled into a church when I was 36. You guys know the story on that from the podcast, but... Um, Whenever I first got baptized in the Holy Ghost, I'm giving you that Motley Crue concert as a background because um, I would start, I would dream being at that concert and my hands would begin to like, they would be set on, like I could feel them set on fire. Um, And in these dreams, I would start going through the crowd and laying hands on people 
And whatever the Lord did to me to make me instantly sober, the alcohol no longer had an, uh, had, had an influence on me. Alcohol no longer controlled me. I was no longer literally drunk. But in the dream, I'm literally my hands, it feels like they're throbbing on, with, the, with fire, with like lightning coming out of my hands. And I eventually made it the whole way through the crowd. And every person I laid hands on, they would start praying in tongues. Um, and eventually the whole crowd is, is baptized in the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues. And they rush the stage and drive Motley Crue off the stage. I would dream about that. I dreamt about it for years. Okay, I would lay down at night, um, 2006, 2007, 2008, I would lay down at night and I could feel the presence of the Lord and my hands literally would vibrate. Yet I wasn't seeing anybody baptized in the Holy Ghost, but I kept praying for people. Okay, I'm telling I'm telling you that to encourage you because, man, I wanted to see people baptized in the Holy Ghost. And I'll never forget the day the first person got baptized in the Holy Ghost. There was an alcoholic um, guy in his late 20s, maybe early 30s, um, that lived in the neighborhood. And um, I can't remember how I met him, but uh, I just started working with him, started praying with him. And he was standing in my driveway. Me and my friend were standing in my driveway. It was like a Saturday afternoon. Um, And this guy finally says, all right, you know, I, I want this Holy Spirit. So I laid my hands on him and I started to pray for him. And all of a sudden he started, he burst out in tongues. And man, it was like the floodgates opened, okay? What I dreamed about for probably five, four and a half, five years at that point um, is now it begins with one person baptizing the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues in my driveway. And pretty soon, within weeks, I've got five people in some of my small group meetings at church getting baptized in the Holy Ghost, people praying in tongues. Everywhere I go, people praying in tongues. Within a couple years, everywhere I went, people praying in tongues. I went to the prison, you know, some of the prison stories that I, that I told you guys with the Lord doing miraculous things with whole rooms of, of prisoners suddenly praying in tongues. What I dreamed about and set my mind on and did not give up on eventually started to manifest, okay? It started to happen, okay? And so the point of this, guys, is, you know, there's no way I stand in front of 10,000 Hindus um, in India and, you know, thousands of people suddenly erupt in praying in tongues if I didn't believe in the promise, if I didn't set my mind in the presence of the Lord and what He was showing me and what He kept encouraging me and and what was going to happen and believing it and begging the Lord for opportunities to be sent to even pray for one person that they also would be baptized in the Holy Ghost and pray in tongues because I valued the gift. I understood the gift. I mean, I I told you guys that the Lord for for several years had me study the gift of tongues. Um, I mean, all the stuff that I teach you guys on um, about, you know, what happens when you pray in tongues, the Lord not been able to turn away. He actually says the milk will flow to you. Um, You know, all of that came out of that promise that I kept seeing at night and seeing people baptized in the Holy Ghost and the Lord just keeping, uh, you know, educating me, you know, taking me to scriptures and revealing the true meaning of certain scriptures about the, you know, what tongues does, what's it, what's it for. And he was, he was increasing my value. He was increasing my understanding to such a degree that I knew that tongues and the Holy Spirit 
are a foundational element of every believer and why the Lord gives people the gift of tongues to pray that they also would hear that they would see the vision, that they would keep believing, that they would set their not only set their heart and be able to dream with God, but set their mind on making room and space to dwell in His presence in a prayer life, keeping the um, impartation of what the Lord is saying, because that impartation from Him is growing. It may not look like much at the beginning, but it grows and increases, and eventually it does manifest. Okay, it does begin to um, be seen around you as the Lord keeps encouraging you to go do what he shows you in the vision, right? So the sanctified mind, the question is, is your mind sanctified? You may say that, yeah, I went to the altar and I believe in Jesus. But my question to you is, do you demonstrate the kingdom? Do you live in promise, cross over that, that uh, river Jordan like, like, uh, like Joshua did when the Lord tells him to go, he goes and does it and giants in the land, right? He commands his son to stand still until all of the enemies of God are driven out of his promise. And that's really, a, that's, a, that's a picture of, a, of the fight. When you step into promise, you will have enemies. You will have giants. You will have those five Amorite kings that Joshua hunted down in that cave and said, behead them. He hung them, right? He hung them. And so you will be in a fight to believe. And how you set your mind in not being discouraged, not being beaten down, although you will, you will right? The enemy will beat you, will try to take your faith, will try to discourage you in every way. But when you set your mind, when you set your heart in hearing, Right? Because faith comes from the vision of God. We talked about that littered throughout all my discussions. Faith comes from the vision of God. Romans 10, 17, right? Faith comes from rhema, right? And when you receive it, then your mind, with your mind, you have to believe what He's showing you will manifest. It will happen, Right and not getting discouraged when you when you pray for somebody and it doesn't happen the first time when you pray for your own family and it doesn't happen the first time, but you keep believing, you keep pushing, you keep going, okay? Because there's no way that India happened and seeing thousands and tens of thousands of people baptized in the Holy Ghost and praying in tongues without that guy in my driveway. What would have happened if I would have, um, you know, whined and cried and wished I was back, right? Uh, and and I'm, I'm articulating to you the stage of the wilderness, right? Many Christians get lost in the wilderness where they whine and cry and get discouraged and quit for a time. And then they come back, right? But they're still not partnered with God going into promise, not believing Him because they don't have a prayer life. And so they dwell in the wilderness in trying to be sustained by God, begging God for something when the Lord is actually leading you to dwell in promise, meaning that you set your heart and your mind in seeking the will where you are transfigured, right? You are transformed and you actually, because you are transformed in your prayer life, 
you actually go and prove the perfect will of God. So when I go into India now and, and see thousands of people baptized in the Holy Ghost, see hundreds of pastors, every time I go, hundreds of pastors that don't believe in the Holy Spirit who now believe in the Holy Ghost and pray in tongues, right? I am proving God's will. I am proving that the years of dreaming dreams and, and laying my hands on people at Motley Crue concert and seeing people who are worshiping Satan suddenly in the masses, thousands of people in mass, right? Driving Satan off the stage, driving Motley Crue off the stage. It's a metaphor. The dream is a metaphor, okay? It's a, it's a metaphor of the Lord invading the earth through sons and daughters who believe the promise. So the difference between you circling the wilderness, whining and crying and wishing and, you know, cry, you know, moaning about this and moaning about that is that you don't give place to what doesn't happen, right? You actually set your mind and continue to push and push and push and push in your prayer life and you prophesy it, you prophesy it, okay? I used to prophesy the visions of me going into India and seeing mass people baptized in the Holy Ghost. I prophesied it for a long, long time before I went, okay? I prophesied individuals, that one guy in my driveway, I prophesied him being baptized in the Holy Ghost and praying in tongues for years as the Lord would encourage me that one day I would lay hands on the masses and see people equipped in the Holy Ghost pray in tongues and prophesy and do supernatural things. I prophesied the vision long before it happened. Okay? So I encourage you, at the beginning of Wisdom Filled Warriors, I spent a lot of time talking about the Kratos power of, of the Lord. Right? In, in Ephesians... Um, chapter 6, uh, verse 10, um, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might put on, right, the armor of God, right? What, what does that mean? That actually means that whenever the Lord gives you vision, right, the iscus power, I haven't talked about this for, for quite some time in these podcasts, but the iscus, right, the, the, what he shows you in vision and comes off of your tongue, is known as you partnering with the Lord and the iscus power of a partnership is released on the earth. So Paul was saying, be strong, be strong, be strong in the Lord. He's actually commanding you, prophesy what the Lord is showing you in dreams and visions and it is your armor. It is what breaks down uh, the, the, the demonic powers who enslave the people right? And, and everything around you, all the generational curses, everything is broken down by the dream and vision of the Lord being dropped into the heart of a man or a woman, a son and daughter of God. And just like Caleb and Joshua who crossed in the promise, you actually say, that is mine by right. That promised land is mine by right. Those mountains are mine by right. God-given right. I am the dominion of God on earth in His vision for me. And you cannot lose. You cannot be defeated. There is no curse that can stay gripped on you. There is no health problem that can stay gripped on you. There is nothing of evil that can keep you blind, spiritually broken, and, and you know going backwards other than you not recognizing that 
The Lord has given you all things. And if you don't set your mind on it, if you don't begin to prophesy it, if you don't speak what the Lord has showed you in dream and vision, how in the world do you think it's going to happen? And what gives you the right to blame God? He's actually given you dreams and visions. And then you, because you don't actually believe them, you don't actually release them off of your tongue, meaning that you partner with him expecting in God, right? What gives you the right to whine and complain? But that's why many, many are shipwrecked. That's why many are, are walking and circling around the mountains in the desert, whining and crying and blaming God for something He's already given you. Okay? And so, I just want, you know, this was really about encouragement, guys. Um, seek God with all your heart. Seek the Holy Spirit with all your heart. Seek Him, and when He speaks to you, Believe what he shows you because he wouldn't lie. It says that God's not a liar. Okay? And it's not like a chance thing that it, you know, why is it not happening? He's actually showing you what is going to happen. You're no different than Jeremiah. If he shows it to you and he says he'll execute it, it's because he has a plan for your life. It's because he has uh, something supernatural that he's going to do to you and then through you. But you have to become what He says you are, what He says you're going to do. And the only way you become it is first hearing it in your heart, and then with your mind, through your mouth, you begin to speak it and prophesy it, right? That's called the iscus power of the Lord. Go back to the book. Read it again, because you have to get this so deep in, into your, your, not only your heart, but your mind, Right? Jesus kept telling them. He kept telling the, the disciples, if you believe, if you believe, if you believe, if you believe. Okay? He was talking about their mind being absolutely committed from receiving the, the bread and the wine. That's what communion is really about, guys. It's about relational receiving from the Spirit of God what the Spirit is saying and knowing that if He says it to you, and you begin to speak and align with Him. That's what drinking and eating is. You consume it. You become it. It literally, when you eat bread, okay, when you eat it, you, you digest it, right? All of its ingredients, it becomes your body. Okay, the wine, when you consume it, the presence of the Lord, when you consume it, it becomes your body. It is Christ on earth. That's why Jesus says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Are you getting the pr prophetic picture yet? Are you consuming the vision of the Lord in, in real communion? Not just, not just like, you know, religious communion. Not just like taking communion to honor what the Lord has done and accomplished. That's, that's awesome, right? You're, you go to church and you take communion. But real communion is spiritual. Real communion is you not only honor God with your heart, but you give Him your soul. Okay? There, there's a lot of people that get convicted. They know in your spirit that God's real. But when you give Him your, your soul, Right? When the soul is truly saved, when the tr soul truly sets the mind on God, on the Holy Spirit, and believes no matter what, no matter what, no matter what, there's no whining, you stop complaining, 
you, you said, if the Lord showed it to me, it will happen. Okay? I think, I think you get in the picture. So, Father, I just, I just pray for every person um, listening to this right now. Lord, I pray uh, that, that the dreams and visions of the Lord will increase. I pray, Lord, that this hunger and thirst and, and expectancy to live in the promise of God, that it's not if, but when the dream will manifest. Lord, I pray for such a deep expectation for the people hearing, Lord, that they would prophesy your visions and dreams over their life, that they would begin to expect in you so greatly that dominion authority would come upon their life, that wherever they go, that they would begin to speak the vision of God. And that dominion authority would would literally reveal the destinies of the people. It would drive out demons. Right? It would cast out um, supernatural powers of darkness and remove the spiritual blindness on the hearts of men. Lord, that the true power of the Holy Ghost um, and the blood of Jesus would be, would be revealed so profoundly that true giant killers would be awakened on the earth. Father, I pray for this revelation and this impartation in every hearer. In Jesus' name, let the grace of God come and let their true destinies be revealed. In Jesus' name. All right, guys, have a great week and uh, looking forward to uh, your stories. Keep sending your emails. Um, you know, again, if you have uh, an unction of the Holy Spirit to invite me, um, man, I'm going all over the place. I'm going, I'm going uh, New York, Delaware, uh, um, different, four different places in Florida. Um, going to Louisville, uh, Kentucky area twice. I'm, I'm going back up to Ohio, uh, Kansas, um, Texas. Uh, going out to California again, um, and I just I just encourage you guys, man. Uh, we're seeing supernatural things happen. We're seeing people literally be equipped in the Holy Ghost, um, and a maturity beginning to happen in people really fast um, in in spiritual revelation and expectation. Um, and seeing the supernatural happen in their lives. And that's, that's the evidence of the presence of God, right? You're proving God on earth. And so I just encourage you, uh, email me, uh, message me, and uh, we'll, we'll get something worked out. Amen. All right, guys, have a good one. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org. D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G or fivestoneministries.org. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book entitled Wisdom-Filled Warriors, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.